All right, comedy, mushroom, cult, podcast. Uh, I was going to do like a whole episode in front of this, uh, but unfortunately it appears, uh, not that it appears, I, I got COVID uh, over the past weekend and maybe some change. Um, so, hey, December, you know, December always wins in this household. Um, last year, uh, today, uh, recording this part on Monday, the power was out and I have COVID. So I just like sit in my house with my own thoughts and like reading, um, and like couldn't do this and piece it all together and encapsulate my weekend. Um, even though breathing's not like the best, this is the longest I've gone talking without coughing in a, a, a couple of days. It gets in the way of, of standup. Um, maybe we'll go over it at some point. <coughs> Damn it, thought we could make it. Um sorry. Uh but we're doing this real quick. I did an interview with Orion Trunk. Uh we go over it in the interview a little bit. He's a comedian from uh Provo, Utah. Um I met him in Salt Lake City um on tour with with our friend Tyler. Um so uh that's what the rest of the interviews or the episode's going to be. I was planning on doing um a beginning part and all of that, but um you can hear it uh if you have the video. I look good because I mean, come on, the camera loves me. Um but I'll probably do a makeup episode, maybe a full-length one, maybe a shorter one. Um but that'll just be on the Patreon. So if you want an extra episode, um patreon.com slash w-i-r-r um otherwise there's not gonna be a song on this one because I, I don't know i'm i don't feel like splicing it all together it's been a it's been a few days um so please forgive me uh but uh here's the rest of the episode um it was fun from what i remember i did it on thursday uh because timing works differently uh but no it was good uh learned a lot it was a very fun uh conversation about um different ideas and uh even like different looks about uh certain religions and stuff like that so um i don't know it's a fun that's the cool part about comedy is it's a fun mix of like you get to meet a bunch of people um and i was telling somebody about it the other day of like it's a shock how much i don't know about people that i like quote unquote work with um like i have plenty of friends uh that i consider like very close friends uh, that I've never fed, like met most of their family. I don't know what they do for a job. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything other than uh, they do comedy, um, and that I tend to like them as a person. And I would have never met them if it weren't for comedy. So uh, that's the same thing as Orion. Uh, he's got a YouTube that I'll link into the comments of the podcast. Um, but it's Orion Trunk on everything. Uh, he's a good dude. I like him very, very much. And uh, uh, enjoy the episode. Thanks. I always forget that, like, that lady's voice uh, says things uh, before it starts. So, like, I always count people in anytime I'm doing an interview and before I hit the button just to, like, try to be helpful. And then it's like, oh, the lady's going to tell you exactly when we're recording. It doesn't have to be a surprise. Um, yeah. So, uh, Comedy Mushroom Cult Podcast, we're doing an interview with a comedian, uh, financial aid uh, helper, um, lover of Salt Lake City uh, outdoors, Provo outdoors, um, father of children, husband of a wife. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Orion Trunk to the podcast. Hello, Orion. Hey there. How's it going? It is good. Um, I just want to do like a quick 
background so people know uh how we know each other me uh well myself if we're gonna use good grammar uh myself and tyler ross um also friend of the podcast in a in an old version um and just good life partner at this point pretty much uh not sexually and relationship wise but uh he is a partner in business and in overall life we talk every single day pretty much um we did a west coast tour um started in la went to reno boise and then down to salt lake city uh where we met orion and brian higgins were on a show uh but and i think i told you this when we were in salt lake uh, you were my favorite person to send in a video, uh, because, uh, I'm like, I'm not going to steal away. Like I'm not going to hide, uh, or like take away the, the magic on it, but like the two shirt bit that you have was maybe the funniest thing I had seen all of last year. So when Tyler showed me that video, I was like, I don't care who else is on the show. I want to meet this dude. So, um, we did a show at like a, at a weird, like used bookstore and my favorite part is you did the bit when it was outside and dark. And that's like, that's how committed you were to the bit. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that was a good time. I enjoyed that a lot. And, and it, was, it was cool hearing that, too, just because, I mean, that's what every aspiring comedian wants to hear is that they have something memorable, that it's not just some recycled material from memes or whatever. Yeah, and especially, like, uh, in, like, that region, too. Because, like, that was what kind of surprised me. I mean, everywhere's got comedy now. Like, it's not a big surprise when you can go to, like, you can go to, like, the middle of a desert, and I'm sure there's an open mic. Um, <laughs> but, like, in Salt Lake and Utah overall, like, when you think of, a, of, like, Utah and Salt Lake, you think of the Tabernacle, you think of uh, the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Um, you think of no alcohol. Like, you think of things that, like, don't really um, think of comedy. But, like, I don't know. Wise Guys is one of the best clubs in the country. And um, I don't – like, there's that. But, like, is there, like, a big functioning scene out there to, like, get involved in comedy more? It does seem like it's popping up. And I mean, you're right, because most people in Utah don't seem like they would have a sense of humor because there's nothing to really laugh at as far as, you know, they're, they're very sober minded is, is the mindset that it seems to be. I've only I've lived out here for about five years, four or five years now. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of big cultural things. And I think that seems to be the biggest part that people find in comedy out here is just that dichotomy of you know, LDS culture versus the rebels who, you know, go out and sing Disney songs loud on a Saturday night. And they think they're being rebellious. And so they're like, yeah, we're fighting the system because we're we're singing along to non-Disney movies in the parking lot instead of just the regular Disney movies. So there's, you know, there's kind of that rebel culture, but it's funny because it is kind of a new rebel culture because to them, what they're doing is not usually very rebellious. It's like wearing pants to church and, you know, stuff like that, which is rebellious to the culture but it's it's funny because you hear other comedians who just go off on crazy stuff and then in in utah it tends to be very dry as far as what they think is funny and what they don't so it's, it's a pretty niche market most of the time but still funny but also like i mean it's still like because like brian's good like i would like just because you're the only two people i've seen in that area 
um like brian seems more and i are you in lds or are you just like salt lake or yeah i mean i grew up with that culture and it's still something that is definitely part of it but yeah no, I super judge you, and I I I think it's uh, great that you only share your one wife on social media, and not the rest of them. <laughs> but um, no, I grew up in a town where like uh, there was a pretty good like LDS Mormon, not like oh, I mean it's obviously not Provo, Salt Lake City, like the like the motherland, um, but like there were like families, and they would be very good at like answering questions about it. So like literally until. I don't know, college, I only thought of like Mormons and people in in the church of the LDS and all that. Like I was just like, oh, they're just super nice and don't drink caffeine that often and don't have like that's all I knew about it. And then people are like, oh, no, there's crazy stuff. But like um, that's with everything like that's not it's it's always a very funny thing when when people are like, oh, they're Mormon. It's like, yeah, but you're also Baptist. So like, who's crazy? You know what I mean? So it's like one of those fun things. Um, but like in that kind of pressure cooker of when like the church is there, like that they, I don't know if they like own salt, like, but like they're a big presence. Um, and like that also kind of sets up that weird, um, just on the opposite side, you see it so many times, like in a very like conservative, um, like tight knit, city there's always like that counterculture of like we're gonna tear this whole thing down and like make fun of it so it's like i'm i'm more interested in like that middle side of like because everywhere else like i live outside of milwaukee and like our spots are like it's it's not so much religious but it's like um like historically milwaukee was like redlined crazy so like african americans live in a completely different part of milwaukee than white people um and like so there's like a weird cultural thing of like if you make jokes about anybody who doesn't look like you people know that they're not supposed to like laugh at certain things but because they don't like incorporate with those people that often there's not like that oh this is an acceptable thing to laugh at so i'm interested in like when somebody comes in and like has some sort of like fun little jab at like at like the tabernacle or any of the leadership or anything like that, like a reasonable person um, making like a good joke about it won't need to like overcompensate because they like know where the line is. So like some people will be like, well, we shouldn't make fun of them. But like people who are like in the church might find it funny because it's like, oh, yeah, like they understand us and they're making fun of it. Yeah, and some of those jokes from Milwaukee probably wouldn't fly here because most people out here don't even know black people. So they'd be like, wait, <laughs> they're actually half and half. That's weird. How do you do that? So yeah, it it, it is. But yeah, and, and I've heard jokes like that at some of the open mics where they will kind of be like, and just to clarify, like a black person is some <laughs> and, and like they have to because it's it's definitely part of the truth that there is there's definitely some diversity out here but we are definitely one of the least diverse populations i think in the country for a variety of reasons so you you definitely try to poke fun and do things i mean as long as you always punch up and don't punch down that's usually kind of like the rule one of comedy is you know as long as you're not berating them or kind of you know opening up trauma and stuff like that it's it's pretty fair game i mean there's definitely always going to be because you know this this part of the culture is definitely judgmental it's definitely a 
a lot of judgmental people in those close-knit religious societies like you talked about. Um, so there is, there's usually going to be some judgment, but as long as you don't care about it, which comedians shouldn't, I mean, because everybody's going to judge you no matter where you go, but, you know, people in the South don't like it probably when I do some of my Southern joke humor that I do every now and then, but it's as long as you, like I said, as long as you punch it up and don't punch it down, it's usually fair game. Yeah. And that was like the fun part of like that, especially that show that we did and like you brought your family and especially like now. And it was like one of those, like I could kind of assume you never want to assume, but like now you never want to be like the first time you meet somebody, you're like, yo, who do you, which God, you know, <laughs> like, you don't want to be like, yeah, which one? Um, I mean, I've known to do that, but like I'm trying not to be as abrupt on it. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, when I ask, it's, like, out of, like, interest. It's not, like, I want to know who you are so I know what to say. It's, like, more of, like, a, okay, cool. I can kind of see the angle you're coming at. So now I can, like, understand you better and, and see it that way. And so, like, there's not, like, that weird crossover. But, like, my act at that time, and, I mean, I still have some of it. It's just, like, it was, like, sacrilegious is, like, a word you could put on it uh, at certain points. And then, like, your poor family who's, like – coming out to see you perform and like doing nice things. It was like you doing like, and it, it's, it's very funny when people are like doing something more clean. A lot of times people think it's like, a, like an undercutting of it, but like, it's very funny, but it's like cleaner. And then like Brian, I would say is like more closely to like, like a standard online, like, like mainstream comedy trying to like reach for things. Tyler does I call it like pop comedy of like it's very good but it's not gonna like and he like he like hits the right notes and like will like hit sensitive things but like very softly where like I'll just be like fuck it we're going like we're going in and so it's just like a one it was a very funny show but then it was like seeing your poor family like being like we signed up for like nice fun and then this doofus from from Wisconsin is in here like calling out Jesus for like half of his act it was a very interesting uh dichotomy there yeah no and they they like that I mean we listen to comedy stuff all the time I mean I don't have my kids listen to like Richard Pryor yet or anything like that but I mean yeah. comedy comedy is a pretty fair game I'm sure some people out here are big like you know Brian Regan and and uh Jim Gaffigan and those types of cleaner comics but I mean I personally you know I put Pandora on and just let it play with whoever and I have some favorites and things like that but I don't think they cared too much usually I mean we make fun of especially cultural elements. I mean, the cultural elements of the church are definitely just things that need to be done away. So if you can do that with humor, it's it's always better rather than just calling it out. So it's fun to hear it in comedy settings. Personally, I think it's, it's a good thing to joke about. Well, and that is so a cool thing too of like, um, and I'll, I'll follow up with an actual question after this, but like I'm doing a, uh, there was like, it's, it's been on my mind a lot lately because I'm working on a bit about Warren Jeffs and like, it's one of those, like there's a, there's a, a Mormon guy that comes to one of the mics in Appleton. And like, that's a big part of his act is like, ah, I'm Mormon. I don't have a bunch of wives. And it's like, yes, you're playing like the stereotypes. We get it. I like, I understand what you're doing, whatever, but like, it's very hard to do. Like, I want to do a joke about Warren Jeffs and like the crazy part of like Mormonism. But I also like, point out like hey when you're think like when you think of like 
culture like when you think of mormons you're thinking of people like warren jeffs who are like the outside like they're not the like most people are just normal people and just like go to a different church than you uh, and that's like kind of the point of the joke is to be like what you think is like the crazy part is like is the crazy part like you only see like the crazy story part of it um so like this is like how i'm gonna get into it of like hey, maybe look into it instead of just being like, whoa, Mormons, aren't they crazy? It's like, no, Mitt Romney was almost president 10 years ago. <laughs> like, you can't, I mean, you can be president being crazy. We found that out. But like, you can't do it if you're like that super crazy. Um, but like with that, like you said that you um, have like some of your favorite comedians, like what kind of comedians did you come up to? Because like when I was growing up, like I didn't come from any sort of like religious family of any sort like i got our family to go to like a lutheran church when i was in second grade like other than that they never went um so like we had like chris rock uh i mean my dad one of my dad my dad loved red fox because he like grew up in like a black neighborhood in toledo um and like but like the first one that like really caught me um was like first it was the blue collar comedy tour um, is like the first one I remember and then it was like Dane Cook so like you kind of go into like blue collar of like that clean but like kind of like dumb comedy and then you're just like all right we're gonna go into like a dirtier dumb comedy and then you're like oh there's like all this other shit so I'm interested like where you jumped off if you like I don't know like your upbringing but like it had to have been like pretty interesting to like find comedy and be like oh this is a thing yeah that's a good question and um, I like that you didn't let me talk about Warren Jeffs or anything. That's probably wiser because he does put the mental and fundamental religion for sure. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he, uh, um, yeah, as far as upbringing and stuff, though, um, I was I'm the youngest in my family, which I it's always interesting to see how biases and things like that affect it, because like I grew up watching Nick at Night back when mm -hmm. it was like especially older. So like the Bob Newhart show, Odd Couple you know, taxi, happy days, those types of shows, even though I'm whatever generation I am, you know, generation X or millennial or whatever the term old is. old are you? Uh, 40. So it's like, right okay. in that. yeah, you're at the elder millennial. Yeah. But like I said, I grew up with people who, you know, my, my brothers listened to metal music my dad loved old tv shows my mom did too so i like i grew up with bob newhart being like one of my favorite people mm -hmm. which is not something you see with people with my hair color like i went to see him in concert or in i saw a show of his like back when we lived in florida so like about eight years ago and i was legitimately the only person there with brown hair like everybody else had you know gray hair and <laughs> yeah asking if they're awake or or dead type of thing so I always liked older comedian. Red Fox was definitely a fun one too. I didn't really listen to his albums, but I loved, you know, Sanford and Son and things like that. Uh, so I definitely came in it from from the sitcom element, and then Saturday Night Live was big because, again, my my older brothers were definitely of the era of you know Sandler and David Spade and Chris Farley. So I, that's what I grew up watching, and then. Um, so I got to see a lot of that type of element. SNL is a big influence. Uh, Steve Martin, um, you know, learning about women comics because Saturday Night Live is not really necessarily great back then, especially about women comics. So just trying to learn about them. But I love Mary Tyler Moore, Betty White, a lot of those old 
sitcom comedians. So I, I learned about them through their show and then realized, which is still true today, that most comedians, uh, most TV shows started with some comedian. You know, you have Tim Allen doing Home Improvement. You have mm-hmm. Seinfeld, of course, doing Seinfeld and, you know, Roseanne doing Roseanne. A lot of that mentality. So I, I really kind of fell into it with TV shows and then realized like, oh, they actually do stand up and they do bits. So I would pull up, you know, I have some of the records behind me here, the Newhart, Smothers Brothers, Steve Martin, you know, a lot of those guys, Flip Wilson, you know, a lot of those. I, and I wasn't huge into some of the the crazy stuff, um, you know, Eddie Murphy and stuff. I know I need to listen to Raw and some of those ones too, but I think that's overrated. I think that's uh, not to interrupt you, but like, I think, um, and I could be wrong, especially with like comedy stuff. I'm completely open to being wrong about a lot of things because (laughs) my, my biggest thing with it is like, I, and my dad, like, like I said, uh, instead of like SNL, my family was like an in living color family because like my dad grew up on like the South side of Toledo. And he was like one of like three white, like white kids in his graduating class. So like, that's who his friends were talking about is like uh, Martin was like our Seinfeld in my house. So it's like it was like kind of and it's very weird because like I grew up in the suburbs of like it's it's like an all white town. But like you kind of grow up in you don't want to say you grow up in black culture, but like that's like more of like who I kind of saw when I was growing up. But it's like when people are like, oh, you got to go back and watch Raw and Delirious. And it's like, I've seen parts of it, but that was, what, 40 years ago at this point? Like, why do I need to go look at what's being done 40 years ago? Because it was great. I mean, it was groundbreaking. And it was, like, amazing back then. Eddie Murphy was 20 or whatever. Like, that's incredible that he did it that well. But, like, if you go back and listen to, like, any old comedy, like, if you go back, you're just like, oh, we're past this. I don't think like it's important to like know the history, I guess. But like, I don't know. Do you need to go back and watch Raw or Delirious now to like be good at comedy? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think everybody's got the, what really what makes their foundation. And that's that's I think what's good. And it's good to like stretch out and see like, oh, like I should be more, you know, if, if you find yourself in just a very specific tunnel of comedy, then it is good to branch out and you know, I need to be more physical, so I should watch more Chris Farley type stuff or more whatever, or I need to be more on edge. So maybe I should listen to more, you know, Eddie Murphy or any of those guys. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it has to be, it might help explore more ideas, but it certainly doesn't. But it is funny that you mentioned Martin, because I remember recently, I I tried to say a dang Gina once to somebody and they didn't know what I was talking about, especially in Utah. (laughs) But I was like, hey. I don't know if their numbers were very good in the Provo area. I doubt it. I, there's probably one person that watched it out here. But um, other like another like regional question, because like I live in Wisconsin now. Uh, and one of the big things is like shows will cancel or like stop running in the summer a lot because it's like it's it's going to be winter from october november through march let's enjoy the summer let's go outside it's gorgeous here but like it is nothing compared to utah like utah has made i haven't shut up about it in a year because 
one, you have that giant fucking mountain overlook. And I'm sorry if like people can hear me in your office, <laughs> but like that's the but, only way that like you can say like every morning going out and looking out there and just seeing the mountain looking over your town. You could go 10 minutes out of uh SLC and like when we were driving, and like even on that trip, we were driving so much because everything's so far away. So we didn't have like a bunch of time, but it was like, okay, we need to stop and like just soak this in. Like the natural beauty of that place, just like fighting against, um, I mean, hiking, I would like just fighting against that, getting people to show up to shows. Like, what is that like versus like, hey, we can go outside and just be entertained <laughs> in like some of like the nicest place. Why are we going to sit in a dark room and listen to knuckleheads? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's hard to say because I mean there's definitely a a niche group of people that do like to go outside and hike and and see all that. Um there's a lot of lazy people too though. So I think that kind of <laughs> and and there's a lot of like you know, we we have families out here with 20 kids, so like we need to get free entertainment however we can, and comedy shows are usually close to free most of the time. So I think I think that helps when it's hey, we gotta have our 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 group approved date night because that's our culture in college because we because mm. you know, they have like soaking out here and whatever else like all kinds of crazy stuff that i'm super glad that i'm not dating out here because it would just be a nightmare of but like that's what i do this you know hey it's monday night let's do our little group date night and and do stuff what's free and then they go to the comedy show and monday night is family night so they go up for like their group date night at the comedy show so i i think there's enough trade-off to where you know what's cheap what's what's theoretically clean or what's you know am i allowed to drink in there because some of the comedy clubs i think let you drink so if, if you're trying to be that rebel it's like hey where can we go to drink hey let's go inside here this is great we we probably won't be seen because they're going to be a, doing a bunch of swearing in here and we know our bishop's not going to be here and stuff so yeah you know, and that's like that's what i loved about salt lake is like i don't drink so like that was like part of like if i wasn't trying and obviously like salt lake's a great city and like i don't want to be like you can't get famous out of salt lake because i'm sure it's happened wise guys is great good acts come through there all the time but like the next closest city is like 12 hours away or whatever with like a scene um right. so like that's inconvenient but like coffee shops like some of the best coffee i've ever had was just at like a random coffee shop in like on uh like ninth and ninth i just like went to a coffee shop there and it's like yeah man like it's got to be good because like a lot of people like this is their like this is their bar is going to coffee because like they're not going to the bar um so that's got to be like that's got to be interesting and fun because like you have to be because like a lot of times like that's who you're performing for is like a drunk audience. So like, they're just like, ah, yeah, we're like, you actually have to like be good and like have good thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I, there's a video clip where Jerry Seinfeld even talks about is the joke funny because I put the F word in it or can I make it funny without that? As far as like, you know, cause clean comedy definitely gets it's, it's, you know, punishment that way of like, oh, you don't say swear words, so it's not gonna be as funny. But there are legitimate comedians who do try to focus on that of is the joke funny because I'm swearing or because the like you mentioned that because the audience is drunk, or can it can it be a legitimate, completely sober, non-diverse audience? And can I still make people laugh? And if you can, then in theory that should make you 
stronger for other audiences and stuff like that. I love that what you're talking about. And I don't know, like, I know the original one um, of him, like saying like the F word is like a, uh, like a Corvette. Like, it's yeah. like, it's just like sleek. It's fun. But like, have you seen the comedians on comedy thing? It's like an old HBO thing. It was like Ricky Gervais. Um, mm. I believe Chris Rock, uh, Seinfeld was there. And then Louis CK. And they were like talking, yeah, like they were talking about how like, um, I think it was like Louis said he thought like, he's like, yeah, saying the F word is cool. It's like a red Corvette. And then he remembered that like Seinfeld collects Porsches. So like Corvettes are cheap. Like it's a very like, (laughs) it's like a very cool. um, And it's it's one of those things that I like try to remember a lot of times of like, all right, is this getting a laugh because I say the word you're not supposed to say? Or like, is it funny? That's just like an addition to it, too. Yeah, and I think I think it helps you try to write smarter comedy that way because and because some people are like I love it. I'll listen to some comedy and the way they place the words, you know. Sometimes I have to think like, would that be funnier if it wasn't there? And sometimes I'm like, no, like that really helped punch it up a little bit. But it it does help you just think about the elements of comedy that it's not just the the seven swear words or whatever the case is. It's is this funny because it's funny. Um. So yeah, it's a fun exercise to do that with. All right. So uh, we're on your lunch break and I don't want to like take up the whole thing so you can relax. Um, We we teased it off, Mike, if you want to do it. Um, But literally like so the night that we did the show together at that crazy bookstore, one of my favorite things, because you like share banned books and stuff. I don't know if you went into the bookstore, um, just an aside, but they had like an old copy of Mein Kampf in there. And like that was the first time uh, like because obviously it's not like a great book, but it's one of those like it might be good to like buy this. So like, you know, at least one copy still exists. So like people can learn from like I'm a very much like we need to know that this exists. So like it doesn't repeat itself kind of person. Um, not because I'm like a big mind comp fan, um, but like it was a crazy, like it was like a crazy bookstore. Um, but like, so the book, so that show happened and like you had like a tight neck thing going on and like, you were obviously uncomfortable and like, just like being like, Hey, yo, what, where do you pray at? Wasn't like a question I was going to ask. I didn't want to be like, um, yo, I don't want to, um, like be i don't want to like ask you what's wrong with your neck like i don't want to be like that but then like a few days later you ended up in the hospital right yeah yeah that was that was a weird time (laughs) um yeah and and that was funny it was especially funny the uncomfortableness because i was like there was probably multiple reasons of being uncomfortable but it was funny because like you tyler and brian all had like black red or black t-shirts and you, you kind of looked like everybody was in the same band. And then I'm there with like a button up t-shirt, <laughs> like a, with like two a dress button up, up t-shirts, two button up shirts. Yeah. So it was, it was just funny for me from that, that I was like looking at, it, I was like, Oh yeah, my comedy is kind of different because I have like the button down mine of Bob Newhart and you guys have like Louis CK and people like yeah. that. that and so that part was funny. Cause I was still like, Oh wait, am I in the right? Uh, but yeah, I actually had sepsis that weekend. Um, it was undiagnosed at the time, but actually within a few days of, of that show, I was in the hospital in the ER and had sepsis and was like, apparently a lot of conversations behind the scenes of talking about how I probably might not make it and we need to make plans. Like my mom showed up, which I was happy about because she never really flies out for like anything that's not super important, which is fine. Um, 
but like she was there and we we're just having a good and like in my head i'm like oh this is cool like i i get that i'm in the hospital and it's pretty serious but then like when i left they're like no like you were <laughs> we were like making some plans because we weren't sure what was going to happen and because sepsis has been a pretty serious thing like i've known friends and family um extended family stuff that have died from it like jesus with yeah with uh, like grant hill had it from uh, if you know grant hill from basketball like he had it and he was pretty serious with it and and it, it was crazy but yeah during the show i it was like a sore arm thing and like some fevers and th- it was it seemed very much not that serious during the show uh, but you can kind of tell looking at the pictures that there and like that night i didn't eat anything we went out with our friends after the show to eat some dinner and i had like watermelon yeah. <laughs> so it was very like very odd experience well you were like um, visibly uncomfortable and like that was the other because and obviously like i would never i don't want you to think like you were being off-putting or anything like that i would never like say that because like you're obviously a nice person you're like conversational and all that but like you could just tell that you were uncomfortable and and you and again like i didn't want to be like hey do you not feel comfortable in this setup and like that was the first time meeting you so like maybe you just have like a neck thing you know what i mean (laughs) where you're just like oh you're the first person who saw it so like um that had like just with that and then like performing through it's very cool but like then you didn't eat or anything like that was like maybe that show kind of like uh hey maybe we should get this checked out kind of deal yeah, I mean, that going home that night, because I mean, I was on some pain medication right after that. I think that was the first night where it was, it was still kind of just like Tylenol and Advil kind of a medication. And then the next day I got like a prescription and for painkillers and stuff like that. So it was, it was weird just because normally like I have a pretty high threshold for pain. So most of the time, I think that's that's what was challenging about it. I was like, I don't know what's knocking this out, what's not knocking this out. And, you know, it was the first show I actually did where I had a longer set, too. So it's kind of hard to figure out if some of it was emotions or. I mean, I'm naturally just an awkward person, so some of that is probably there, too, of, you know, but it's it's interesting to see how visible it, it possibly looked, because at the time I definitely I was feverish a little bit. My arm hurt, but like, that was literally it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to like not go to a show. Cause I, my arm hurts. Like what's, what's the deal there. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, after that show, I mean, Saturday, I think I slept like all day, which is also not that normal. So then Sunday we were like, yeah, we should probably get this checked out. And then I, I went to the hospital on Monday and they were like, you should have come in like three days ago because you're like almost in shock uh like septic shock which i had a hot 10 to 15 to do guys all right i don't think you understand like (laughs) the guys got paid in like shitty weed and t-shirts okay like i had to be there wait you guys got weed that's great no (laughs) you guys you didn't miss out much we just left california and then like he's like hey i don't get i didn't have any money do you want some t-shirts and then like like a gram or two of just like garbage <laughs> like, like so you didn't miss uh, out i got like a free book i think and that was it which i was happy about but yeah, yeah it, was... it kind of it rips like i'm not gonna complain about it um but what was the because like the stupid things running out in like five minutes uh you said that there was like a, a fun follow-up what was, what was that well no it was it was mostly almost dying i think but it was just funny because i think when i met you guys you were like so what do you guys like find funny 
and I was like, well, I broke my neck one time 20 years ago, and that was pretty hilarious. And you guys were like, <laughs> that's not really normal. And I was like, oh, is that not what people find funny? And it was it was just interesting because I remember you guys asking me, and and to me, most of the stuff that I found funny was like almost dying myself or like when other people almost dying and like I have a very casual <laughs> attitude so I think you guys were surprised at that and so to me it was very funny that I legitimately after that show also almost died so I'm like hey new material this is great I was in the hospital for four weeks this is this is going to do wonders for my career yeah I was and talking I to Tyler today about it and I was like I gotta record because he wanted to talk earlier and I was like I gotta record a podcast uh with Orion from Salt Lake and he's like oh what's up like what's going on with that and i was like he asked if i have anybody on and i was like somebody who almost died like two days after meeting me i need to like i need to get, get him on the podcast because yeah like i mean and i find weird shit funny too like and it's one of those like yeah it's it's very strange and it's always like when i meet a new person i don't i wouldn't say that i'm like awkward but like i'm also not afraid like i said i'm not afraid to like ask the question or get into it but it's also like oh you broke your neck like 20 years like that's interesting like let me think about that for a second like <laughs> that's just like a very like okay cool like all right there's another weirdo he's packaged differently but like all right at least he's just like he's dark but like in a nice way that's that's kind of fun yeah yeah it's interesting how that works because i know that's kind of the rule of comedy too is that you have to find things in your in your life that maybe weren't the best and i'm usually a very optimistic person so like for me apparently things like almost dying or close ones who have lived you know like i have two brothers uh one of them's dead and the other one were just alien so i talk to the one who's dead a lot more than the one that's like still alive and stuff like that, which is probably not normal i'm just like hey man like at least at least when you don't talk to me there's a reason kind of a thing so it's weird but uh yeah it's just interesting how comedians have to find things that normal situations you just have to you know and and i've always tried to do that just find the good and everything and find what makes it funny and find what makes it maybe over the top or not as funny and steer away from those but when that was like for and i work with like zoltan kazis uh and to like bring it all back to like the the lds thing like he got famous from dry bar which is like run by a couple of mormon dudes and uh like that was something last time I saw him he was like your act has changed because like I kind of look at my stuff now as like a pop punk of comedy where like I want to like make fun of like the the big things and like the the dark things but like in a funny like a nice positive way to it so instead of like all right we're just gonna go for the jugular every time I want people to also enjoy like the funny part of that dark stuff so I don't even know if it's like we have to do that. I just think we have like brains that find that. And then we have like, we have that like compulsion and we have to get other people to be like, right. See this. I'm not insane. Right. Like you guys understand this too. Um, all right. Last minute. Um, yeah. Sorry that we're like rushing through this last part because this could go yeah. on for like eight years. Uh, but technology we and poverty. Um, <laughs> we can always <laughs> if we had to too but sorry go ahead we'll figure it out it's not a big deal uh and we'll we could do a part two at some point it's not like we okay. don't ever text each other um so uh where can people find you do you have a website are you traveling are you doing stuff like that or are you mostly local just let people know where to find you 
Um, I'm mostly on YouTube right now. Just I post my open mics. I still actually need to post the show that we did for some reason that has been like very backburnered and I don't know why. Um, so apologies for that. But uh, YouTube, just Orion Trunk, just like it sounds or probably not because it's a weird name. Um, but Orion, like the Constellation Trunk on YouTube. Uh, I have some other stuff. But that's where my comedy is. Um, so if you want to see the comedy, the shirt bit is on there, stuff like that. It fucking rules. Um, all right, man. Uh, we'll talk to you later. I'll sign off before it signs us off. And then obviously I'll text you after this. So um, thanks awesome. for doing it. And um, I'll let you know when it's up. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was awesome. Cool, brother. We'll talk to you later. All right.